Join spiritual feminist and empowerment coach Joni Advent Maher for Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. Listen in for intimate conversations about money, transformation, and feminine sovereignty. And now, your host, Joni Advent Maher. Welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I'm your host, Joni Advent Maher. I'm a mystic, a spiritual midwife, and a visionary leadership mentor. And today I am so delighted to welcome my friend and my soul sister, Rochelle Burnett. Welcome, Rochelle. Thank you so much for having me. This is so great to be here with you today. Yes, we are, we are going to have a big adventure, I can tell. I can, yes. <laughs> yes, we, we are going to live the trust your sacred feminine flow. We're going to dive in the flow together and see what emerges. Beautiful. Yes. So let me share a little bit about you, Rochelle, with my listeners. So Rochelle is a master channeler and intuitive guide. And through the lens of being an empath, a highly sensitive person and a psychic medium, she's capable to utilize her knowledge of the spiritual realms and intuitive landscape to guide other sensitive souls as they remember and awaken to who they really are and begin stepping into their soul purpose with clarity, support, and alignment. Her passion is to teach, to write, and to share the guidance she receives from the angels, ascended masters, and other multidimensional beings in ways that can be applied to our daily lives. She is the founder of Sensitive Souls, a channel dedicated to assisting sensitive souls along their awakening journey as they begin to understand how they are wired to be highly intuitive so they can fully step into their soul purpose and mission. And that channel is on YouTube. And again, that's Sensitive Souls. She also provides unique Akashic Alchemy sessions and has a VIP mastermind group for healers at all stages of development. And her true mission is to help humanity to remember who they are, find their voice, speak their truth, and shine their own unique light. Whew, that's a big mission. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love every second of it. Every yes. Second. yes, yes. And actually, the first thing that comes to mind for me to ask you about is how did you how did you discover that was your mission how how, how did you become all of this that I mm -hmm. that I just shared well I will say it did not happen overnight I, <laughs> I, I think as most things we're constantly growing and evolving and changing and uh, the earliest I can remember I was about four years old and I always knew, 
I always knew I was connected with spirit. I had a knowing, I could feel things that I thought everybody else could feel, but it turns out that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody can feel the feelings that I felt that weren't necessarily mine. And so it took growing up with just a very, um, a heart centered on service to humanity my mom always told me, she's like, you're going to be the missionary type, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the type that goes out and serves the poor and the hunger, the people who need, you know, just that heart of service to humanity. And it wasn't until I went through probably the darkest time in my life in my early twenties, that I really had to claw my way out of that. And Mm. that's where a lot of these gifts emerged was from my deepest darkest lowest point Mm. life and I it's it's funny that you asked that question because what I keep hearing to talk about is the eye of the storm Mm. the eye of the storm and we all have experienced metaphorical storms in life and today is kind of one of those examples finding your way to that eye of the storm that is this absolute stillness this calm, despite the chaos. If you look at the world today, when we're recording this, where is your eye of the storm? And can you find your way there? And that darkness provided that. It provided me the opportunity to find my way to my eye of the storm. Uh, where is That's where my relationship with spirit really expanded. Uh, I started to see things that I hadn't seen before, like angels and... Mm communicating with them and um but it was from this chaotic absolutely insane time of my life (laughs) where I truly didn't want to be on the planet I wanted to die I mean I had thoughts like that and Mm. it was in that stillness and in that darkness that I actually found the most light available to me Mm. by experiencing the complete opposite wow wow well, and I, I do think that, that often it takes that deep contrast. And I, I certainly know for myself, uh, my own journey of what I might call the descent, uh, you know, that descent into the darkness, which is like that pressure that creates the diamond, uh, yes. which is a, a different metaphor, but similar. And I I know many people are going through awakenings uh, these days, and those awakenings are often ushered in by the chaos or the storm, as you said, or the darkness. So I guess I'm wondering, is there anything that you would say to someone who is and I know you have shared the find the eye of the storm, but if they're, they're just in the thick of, it feels like things are falling apart in life, what, what you might offer them or, or what comes to mind? Yeah. yeah. So from a higher perspective, if we look at what we really are, which is just a spirit, uh, well, not just, we are a giant, massive <laughs> <laughs> spiritual being having a human experience. Now, when you're in the human experience, that comes with feelings and it comes with, <laughs> yes. right? It part of the with, package. Yeah. Part of the package, but it's all, it's, I like to call earth, earth school. And when we drop into human form, 
you're being guided by so many amazing, incredible beings, including yourself. Mm. And when you find yourself in the midst of complete chaos, uh, maybe your family's going through a really tough time, maybe your marriage is struggling, there's challenges in the marriage. What I like to call the shakeups and breakups of life, mm. it doesn't have to be just in relationship, but just the, the change, nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. And so if you find yourself in that place where things are shifting and shaking and changing, life is not permanent. It's not fixed. It's always going to be moving and changing and shaking. But sometimes that shaking, those shakeups and breakups are necessary for you to realize either how you've been holding yourself back mm. or to crack you open mm -hmm. to uh, infinite potential or more love or self-love, you know, those shakeups and breakups are really to crack that heart open more. They don't always feel good. Mm -hmm. I'll say that they don't always <laughs> feel that great, but when we can zoom out from a higher perspective and say, what, what am I learning from this experience? Am I being cracked open so that I can receive? What am I being shown here? Uh, what are the ways in which I've held myself back? What are the ways in which I've limited myself, my divine self in human form? Uh, and that could be through analyzing relationship, your job, your career. Uh, maybe all of a sudden they're showing me an image of somebody who's very dissatisfied with their job, their mm -hmm. career, mm -hmm. and it's quite painful to go to work. And so if that's you, in what ways are you holding yourself back from potential opportunities? Or how can you open that heart space up to receiving additional opportunities that are more in alignment with who you are now? Because who you are now isn't who you are were yesterday mm. or last month or last year. Yes, I'm seeing a vision of like a kaleidoscope mm -hmm. that, that keeps shifting and changing in that sense. Uh, the fluidity that you were describing of impermanence but it keeps shifting from thing mm -hmm. to thing and yeah that kaleidoscope image where it's all beautiful it just keeps changing form and it just keeps changing form but it's all beautiful exactly it's all beautiful and even in the pain there is so much beauty because the pain if if we look at grief for example let's say you lose a loved one even in that grief and in that pain, there are parts of you that find infinitely more love than maybe you've ever experienced, maybe not right away. That's a different process for everybody. But the more you can surrender to the impermanence of everything in the physical reality, you'll find that it's much easier to open yourself up to true infinite potential and you start to analyze the fears and the limitations and you get curious, get curious of like, why, why do you, why do you feel stuck? You know, mm. if you feel stuck or if you feel like something's not resonating, why? Mm. Mm -hmm. So being curious yes, and holding it lightly, perhaps. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Getting yeah. really curious. And doing that inquiry. Yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I know it also means allowing those emotions to flow in whatever form they are to, to help free us up or, or 
kind of loosen the grip on uh, what we might call as the resistance or the fighting what is. Yeah, I mean, ego does a really good job. I like to think of our, um, I like to think of us having three separate bodies. We have our physical form, our physical body. Mm -hmm. We have an emotional body. And then we have a spiritual or etheric body mm-hmm. and they're all three incredibly important. But I think the one that gets left out the most is often the emotional body mm-hmm. because of society, particularly in the USA society's conditioning of um, let's use the example of men don't cry, right? Mm. Holding those emotions in, not, not allowing them to be processed. It's very much like, Uh, If you imagine your emotional body being a container, what is it holding in there? Mm. Or is it more like a colander where things can come, you know, run right through it? Mm -hmm. The good and the bad Mm. emotions, but allowing yourself to experience them and letting them go through you. Yes. Again, it's going back to that fluidity or that flow. Right. Mm. So, I would love to ask you about your Akashic alchemy work because mm-hmm. you are the you are the only person I have ever met who has the capability to do what it is you're doing. It's not to say maybe there aren't others out there, but I believe that you bring a unique perspective that that in a way makes more concrete and tangible what we've been talking about through your your yeah. work with uh, the akashic records on behalf of people. So if if you could just describe even what it is you do, and and then maybe if we could talk some sure. about some of what's come through through in that way. Yeah, sure. So these akashic alchemy sessions. Uh, I I don't know of anybody who's doing them in the way that I'm doing them either. Um, They are my most favorite thing in the world (laughs) to do. (laughs) And what I love most about them is it it actually provides tangible change and they're very confirming for people. So essentially in an uh, Akashic Alchemy session, I'm looking at an individual's, well, I'm conversing with their higher self and their higher self we're, we're a massive spiritual being that has many different aspects. So when I converse with a person's higher self, I will often see that version of, or that aspect. And that aspect typically has an influence on a person's life in this lifetime, which is why I'm shown that particular one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like our cosmic personality pie chart that might have a bigger <laughs> slice in this lifetime, you know, and have more influence in your personality and the work that you were designed to do in this life. So there's a lot of information I get just in seeing and feeling your higher self. That mm-hmm. tells me a lot about you in mm-hmm. this lifetime. Mm-hmm. But I take it a step further by conversing with your higher self and actually pulling your book of lives. It's quite literally a book of life, but lives, past lives and present life. And your higher self will guide me to pull files. And uh, I I often see these, this book will open up into almost a scroll, a very long scroll with gold symbols on it. Hmm. And let's say, for example, shame is coming forward today as an example. 
I will flip through any lifetime or record associated with you or your essence or your spirit in which there was a lifetime uh, where shame was experienced. And shame could be experienced in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's a very low vibrational, very low, heavy mm-hmm. file we don't need to be carrying around anymore. (laughs) We don't need to be carrying it anymore. And what I will do is clear that through light language. And so if you aren't familiar with light language, it's a form of universal language that carries sound frequency, Hmm. which is how I can rewrite that file. Hmm. Your higher self will choose a different file that's often lighter, such as for shame, self-love is coming forward. So I would rewrite that file with self-love. And essentially what we're doing is clearing out the old files that have kept us uh, stuck, trapped, yes. uh, repeating cycles, repeating patterns. These could be thought patterns. These could actually play out in your relationships, such as codependency, things like that. That's a big one that I see, codependency. Uh, and so for anybody who has noticed recurring patterns, whether it's in the external reality, in relationships, or simply thought patterns, why is that there? Well, it's probably rooted somewhere in your book of lives. Mm. And they were there to give you experience, but we're approaching a time in humanity where things are evolving and changing very quickly. And a big part of my mission is I'm sent here to lighten the load, quite literally. Mm. <laughs> Pull the old files, clear the density, release mm-hmm. the burdens, so that people can embody a higher amount of light within their physical form. Mm. So these sessions are really, really powerful. They're really powerful. You get to connect with that aspect of you that has a huge influence in your life. And, um, it's a true joy and an honor to do them. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I feel compelled, uh, just to share that on, on the one hand, I believe we all have a sense or an awareness. If you're listening to this recording, I think it's likely that you've heard the idea of having a higher self or, or we use the the term awakening a lot. It's it's in uh, the culture, or at least those who are in the personal growth and development segment or spiritual growth. And as someone who has actually experienced one of these sessions with Rochelle, I, I just want to say that, and certainly I have had experiences of my higher self, but to but there is a, it's like a new level of, of meeting for me. My experience was like meeting my higher self in its fullness in a way that I had never encountered before. And, and I just want to say to you, my dear listener, like you have this powerful, expansive aspect of who you are, which for me, in a way, it felt almost like not necessarily apparent, but like a big sister energy that was just bathing me and holding me 
and that is always present and accessible mm -hmm. to me. And, and we forget that, like we move through our lives and we get oriented to just the perspective of mind or ego or 3D. And, and we forget that in any given moment, this larger aspect of us is here and present and available. Yes, and quite literally coming into your human form. I mean, that is embodiment. <laughs> right. And the closer we can get to fullness or full embodiment, that's the amount of light we're holding in a physical form. And the physical form is originally very dense, but we're lightening that, <laughs> right? We're, we're trying to break out of the box. We're trying to break out of the... Um, conditioning, the limiting beliefs, the fears, the illusions. Yes. And I feel like that's where my gift really lies is not only kind of being that portal between you seeing, feeling, experiencing who you are, truly who you are. Yes. But at the same time, lightening the load at the same time saying, here's the illusions, nothing against those, but they need to go. <laughs> They're not serving you anymore, right? They're not serving you anymore. And I don't think, I think now is the perfect time to do this. I don't know that I would have been able to do this a decade ago, for example, mm -hmm. in the way that I'm doing it today. And uh, it, it's, it is my greatest joy when somebody can experience themselves this is not about me. It's about you mm -hmm. experiencing who you are, who you are, which is a, an incredible divine being and truly knowing that not, not having somebody tell it to you, but knowing it by feeling it. Right. Feeling it. And I would say also orienting to yes. that aspect of yourself mm -hmm. uh, in a way, and even cultivating or stepping into relationship with that part of yourself in a, a more consistent, ever-present way. Yeah, and I think that is part of the, re the way that spirit's given this ability to me allows me to kind of appease the human mind because there's, when I can describe what you look like, when I can describe what you feel like, when I can describe the energy and give you clues, your human mind can wrap that wrap around that mm. in, in a way that makes sense. Because the ego tries to calculate and figure things out. You're going to know and feel it in your heart center. You're going to know immediately <laughs> and feel it first in your heart center. But then the brain tries to kick in and say, that ego is like, I'm going to compute this for you and see how this actually fits into your picture. <laughs> and then you look at your life and you go, oh my gosh, it all makes sense. These experiences I've been through, these things I've seen, the synchronicities, they all make sense. Now, I understand now on a greater scale, on a greater level, that all of that was to serve me, to get me where I am right now in this now moment. And can you give us an example of whether it's the wisdom that's come through, or I know you can't go into the details of anyone's personal mm -hmm. uh, session, but are, are there themes that you're noticing or is there wisdom gems or pearls that 
that you've experienced recently that feel like, oh, this would be good for people to know about? Yeah, I'm trying to, there are so many and they're so good, these little nuggets, <laughs> they're big nuggets <laughs> of wisdom. But the one that came to mind immediately as you said that in a session that I had yesterday, um, sometimes I'm guided to do an inner child wound he healing. And it's almost mm -hmm. like we go back in time to that version of that person. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what's spoken is, is the fact that we are love. Um, and they have me write in capitals. I am, mm. <laughs> I am love. I am love and I am loved. And that's one of the biggest messages that often comes through is knowing within that individual that I'm working with is that they are, they are love. Mm. They are made of the fabric and the energy of love. And that that is in infinite supply and available mm. and abundant to them at any time. Yes. Accessible at any time. Yes. And it's not just that person. It's, it's you, it's me, yeah. it's you that is listening to this recording with us that your very fabric of your being is love. Yes. Mm. And how that, so how does that change <laughs> how you meet what comes next today or how you meet the challenges in your life? Yeah, it, for, for me, when I sink into that message of I am love, there is a deep understanding that we truly are one, mm. the plants, the animals, mm -hmm. people, we, we all come from the same source, whether you call it God, creator, source, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, it's love. They are quite literally light particles of love. <laughs> mm. That is what that is what that energy is, and uh, pure light, pure love consciousness. And when you sit with that, then you then you understand there's a greater oneness uh, connection between everything. And then you and then from there you can really start to consciously participate in life in in a very concrete physical way but in an expanded way or in, in an expanded view of what you previously saw yes and i the way i relate to it or describe it is it is really about having more mastery or greater capacity to i would say co-create with life and i don't know if that's exactly what you mean or if it's you know it's kind of my translation of it but it's just having more facility to be both in our human awareness and our day-to-day -day life but have access to this to this fabric or to this love state that mm -hmm. we are is is that yeah what's true yeah and Yes, and that's absolutely kind of what I'm getting at and kind of mm -hmm. stair-stepping what happens when we open that door <laughs> or that can of worms. <laughs> the I am presence, the I am love. We yes. understand that we're all one. And then we can't, we, we understand that then we are a creator. You're a creator being. Yeah, That's your natural state of being. Mm. And 
when you get to that state or a level of, of consciousness or awareness rather, uh, then you do, you do understand that you truly are the co-creator and any experience that you are experiencing really truly comes from within you at some level. But if you're experiencing something other than that, which you would like to experience, you also understand you can change it. Mm. So can you say a little bit more about that? Because I think we probably, everyone, <laughs> one of us <laughs> listening could say, well, hmm, I think I prefer a little less of this or more of that yeah. uh, in whatever it happens to be. Yes. Uh, yeah. Let's use, let's use the example of giving and receiving because mm -hmm. this is one that comes up a lot and it mm -hmm. particularly comes up a lot for women, mm. my women clients. Mm -hmm. We're very good at giving. Yes. <laughs> We're very good at over giving. Yes. And the receiving tends to be a bit of an issue uh, for whatever reason that could be Maybe you witnessed your mom not being a very good receiver and she constantly overgave or apologized for kind of being an inconvenient, you know, the, the, whatever you witnessed as a child, or maybe that's just your natural state, you enjoy giving. For me, that was my story. I, I remember as a child, I would earn my allowance so I could buy other people things. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom, I remember her yelling at me once. She's like, just buy something for yourself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And I thought, but it is so joyful for me to give to other people. Why would, why would I, you know, but on the flip side of that, not allowing or not receiving, uh, let's say abundance and abundance comes in many forms. I think mm -hmm. people like to think abundance comes in money, but it comes in many different ways. And so throughout my life, I've had to look at the ways in which I, had experiences where I did not, it wasn't reciprocal. Uh, I gave and I gave and I gave and I sat there and I thought, why am I not, mm. be, why is it not being reciprocated? Mm -hmm. And what that did was it made me really question, this took many years to figure out, <laughs> I'm still learning. But what it took for me to, to learn is to look in my heart, drop down into that heart center that I am love that I am presence and ask myself, mm. how am I, in what ways am I not allowing myself to receive? And it was quite a long list of ways in which mm. I wasn't allowing myself to receive mostly for me rooted in self-love or lack thereof, mm -hmm. lack of self-love. Self and so it was easier for me to mask that by mm. giving and mm -hmm. over giving the majority of the time instead of saying I am worthy because I am love mm -hmm. and I'm worthy of receiving all that I put out into the world. Wow. And being open to the ways in which that might come back to me. So it was really a two-part thing, learning to love myself, uh, learning to release the shame. For me, it was mm -hmm. shame mm -hmm. having released, uh, shame or guilt around receiving mm. uh, or feeling worthy. And open, and then secondly, opening up to the ways in which that might come back to me, because it may come back in a form I, I wouldn't have guessed. Uh, and so just being very open and surrendering to the ways in which that might return. The ways in which 
the capacity to receive would return or the abundance would return? Yeah, just the ways in which the abundance would come back to me. Yes. So it may not be in the way that the mind or the ego says, here's the form I'm expecting or wanting it in. It may come in a different form. Yes. Yes. And it often, I have found it comes much more quickly when I don't put a, when I don't micromanage the universe, (laughs) (laughs) it comes much more quickly and I am forever grateful. I mean, and gratitude is a huge part of that as well. It's like, I am so grateful for the way I would have never thought of that. (laughs) You know, I would have never thought of abundance coming in that form, but oh my gosh, I am so grateful. And wow, that was fast. You know, it's funny when you stop micromanaging the universe, how much quicker things start to show up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's easier said than done. If you're type A like me, uh, this is, I'm still learning. I will say that much. I am still learning the art of receiving and the art mm-hmm. of non-micromanagement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even though you have connection to your higher self and your greater identity and you know your mission, you still have your human parts that. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. All the time. And when I feel myself this happens quite often when I feel myself, uh, for me, the signs are I start to feel very anxious or overwhelmed Mm. and I start to feel a very chaotic energy. Uh, the fears will creep in and and I check myself before I wreck myself (laughs) Ah. in that moment. I notice it immediately. I'm like, this is not what's going on here that often causes me to take a pause or Mm -hmm. to take a step back. Uh, And that was something that I spent most of my life not doing. Mm. I was very much a doer, a pusher, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, push through and get it done, overworking myself. And so I had had to surrender into the relaxing and knowing that things can be moved. Mm. Uh, Appointments can be moved. Things can be changed. Yeah. Allowing that fluidity in my life. Yes. uh, that not everything has to be done today mm. and not everything has to be done right now. And sometimes that for me means taking a step back, especially when I feel very overwhelmed yes. and acknowledging the ways in either, uh, whether my, you know, looking at my boundaries, did I overextend myself by not holding boundaries as I normally do, or I start asking myself, where is this anxiety coming from? Mm-hmm. Where is this I'm coming from? And then asking myself, what do I need to do to allow that to go through my colander and my emotional body so that I don't hold on to it? Mm. For me, that's like a salt bath. That's my thing. Mm. I will just go take a salt bath and I watch all of my junk go down the drain. I visualize that. Nice. Going down the drain, releasing that, not holding on to it, and then move on with my day. So can you give us your recipe for the salt bath? Do you use sea salt? I my preference is the um what is that? The pink Himalayan salt, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh Himalayan salt. That's my preference. Uh I find that that's very effective in clearing Mm -hmm. not only your aura, but your physical body. There's a lot of magnesium Mm. in salt. And so that's very helpful. If you, 
if the listeners resonate with being very sensitive and particularly mm-hmm. empathic where you're feeling other people's stuff, you're, and I want to be clear, you're not taking on their stuff, but you're perceiving it mm-hmm. as if it was your own. And that can be a lot. And the salt baths and water in particular, even if you don't have salt, just the water, the element of water, it's very healing for a sensitive person. Mm. And so do you, how much salt do you put in your bath? Do you measure it or you just kind of throw it in? I kind of sort of guess, but it's about a cup. It's about a cup of, an entire cup of salt. Wonderful. In a giant Yeah, Yeah. it's, yeah, very effective in clearing and cleansing. Mm -hmm. And I think the visualization at the end of, as I pull the drain, Mm -hmm. I set the intention that anything that is not of my highest good, that's either in my body or in my energy field, be released with the water. I work Mm -hmm. with the element of water and ask it to do that and work with me Mm. in that process. I love that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I, I'm inclined now to to talk about those who might be listening that are at the early stages of discovering their own healing gifts. Um, and I, I wonder what you might say to them, per, perhaps based on your own experience or, or just uh, wisdom coming through you. Yeah, what's coming through me very strongly is that many, many healers often go through very dark periods of time in their life, but it's actually to help them develop incredible healing capabilities Mm. in which they can relate to the people that they'll eventually serve. Mm. And if you find yourself at the beginning of your healing journey, my suggestion, there are so many ways we can heal there are so many ways you look at Reiki energy healing, um, shamanism, like shamanic mm-hmm. type of work, uh, mm-hmm. sound healing. You know, there are so many different ways. Find a way that resonates with you. Pick one or yeah, pick one and learn what you can about that. Because what I find often in my sessions is particularly, let's say uh, a shamanic. I'm like, there's a past life where you were a shaman. It's no wonder you're drawn to that in this life, you have a remembrance on a soul level of Mm. the knowledge of that. So find something that resonates with you to your core that you feel very drawn to and learn about that modality Mm. and allow yourself the freedom and permission to explore that. Mm. And for, you know, for me in my healing journey, I had to break through a lot of my religious upbringing. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the Christian church and I loved church. That was my, that's where I felt spirit. And so that's what I was drawn to. But I had to break through a lot of the uh, limitations and fears around, let's say, oracle cards, for example. I thought they were of the devil. I use them daily. You know, <laughs> I mean, I had to, it sounds silly, but I had to break through all of these fears. I didn't want to uh, do anything bad because I knew I'm not here for bad. I knew I'm here for good. <laughs> yes. And I had to work through a lot of religious limitations. And um, Jesus is a... Uh, an ascended master I work with often. He's one of my main ones. So you find what works for you, resonates with you, pursue that and just be very open. And if you find yourself having to work through perhaps religious upbringing or um, allow yourself to explore the, the limitations around that of 
if you're so drawn to it and you know in your heart that mm-hmm. that is what you feel drawn to, look at those limitations and fears and see how they may have been holding you back mm. and give yourself permission to explore a way that you know resonates from your heart. Mm. Yes. And for me, it, it feels so important that sense of um, developing trust, developing trust both in those inner inclinations, those, uh, the whispers of the heart, the, the nudges of the soul saying, go in this direction. So there's, there's something about that, the, the recognition that there are the illusions that you have named, that mm-hmm. it's worth doing the inquiry to what am I to let go of Uh, that's impeding me from hearing or pursuing or taking those steps that are guided by the whispers of the heart and the soul. Did did you have to do struggle with that or? Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I struggled with so much doubt. I struggled with uh, is what I'm seeing really real Mm. is this bad? Am I Mm. going to be attacked by, you know, Mm. Mm -hmm. um, darker entities? I mean, you name it, I've probably experienced it. And at the end of the day, what it comes down to is every experience I had, and I I see this a lot in a lot of people I talk to, particularly with that VIP mastermind group, Mm -hmm. people have had guidance their entire life, but they didn't know they were getting it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and, and if you're listening, if you have internal dialogue, which most of us do, we talk to ourselves in our mind, that inner mm-hmm. voice mm-hmm. As you go throughout your day. We, we often have guidance that comes through that sounds like your inner voice mm. and, or that comes through in the form of an epiphany. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was your ego giving you that? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. You know, we like to think that, but the epiphanies are a really good sign that there are spiritual beings providing you with a download, like a lightning bolt of insight. That's how I visualize it. A lightning bolt of insight where you have this knowing and understanding and it's clear and you're like excited about it. (laughs) You go, oh my gosh, this is the greatest idea ever. You know? Right. An epiphany is a great lightning bolt of spiritual guidance. Yes. The the inner dialogue is often very quiet. The guidance is very quiet. It might sound a little softer than your normal inner voice. It Mm. often is very neutral, very supportive. There's no judgment in it. They often, so that's how you can kind of start to discern within your inner voice, what is you And what is higher guidance? Mm. Ego is going to come in with judgment, fears, uh, criticisms, you know, higher guidance comes in pretty soft and often feels very loving, but it will just be very neutral. It will be guidance. Yes. And sometimes it might feel edgy or like a stretch, but it's not, uh, it doesn't feel critical meaning Correct. critical of right. self is my yeah my experience of it so 
it's it's not always it's that's true i have had <laughs> guidance where it's very let's just say there is very strong <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes it comes through very strongly and to the point and but there isn't judgment or criticism it's just like listen up <laughs> right it, it's always affirming yeah of, of the being yes yeah yeah so it's it's hard to believe but we we actually need to bring this to a close we have reached our our time when we need to wind down but i i want to just review if folks wanted to follow you on youtube uh the channel mm -hmm. is it's just sensitive souls correct correct just sensitive souls is the name of the youtube channel wonderful yeah. and your website link if people are interested do you have both the akashic alchemy sessions as well as the vip link there are they both on there or do they have different you know contact they points? have they have different contact points but i will be linking the vip group to my website so if you go to rochelleburnett.com you'll find my schedule for akashic sessions and then i will also put a link on there that goes to the vip mastermind group we also have digital online reiki courses as well Oh, um, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know that. The other thing that I do is teach local Reiki classes, but I, we really wanted to create an online platform for those not in the local area. So if you're interested in Reiki, you can always go to that resource as well. Mm. And is there anything else that just needs to be said by you, through you, before we close? The message that's coming through very strongly is, is that you are a pow powerful creator and it's time that you pick up your pen and mm. or paintbrush mm. and start creating the reality that you choose mm. and to take ownership of that, responsibility of that. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So thank you, Rochelle. Thank you for having me. This was beautiful. Mm. I agree, and my deep pleasure to have you here, here with us. And I, I know, I fully know that our listeners have gotten great value out of just the perspective that you share, which we we don't often hear about in quite the way that you're able to articulate it. So thank you for that, and I want to thank you our dear listener, for taking the time to be with us today. Just bowing to you and the love that you are. And I want to offer you the reminder, as always, to trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow with Joni Advent Maher. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts.